glad to be here tonight. Are y'all glad to be in church tonight? Yes, yes, yes. Well, Keith is studying and preparing for a great week next week. So uh, he asked me if I would do tonight, and I said, no. <laughs> then I repented. You know me. So, uh, But I thought, you know what? He's been teaching on some things, and uh, it's something on Friday nights especially that's really, really near and dear to my heart. You know, if you've ever heard me teach before, about being led by the Spirit, you know, and that's something that I've taught on lots and lots of times. And so what I told him I'd do is, you know, basically share with you some of the verses probably that he's already shared and tell you some, I know you'll like this, behind the scenes stories of how those verses have actually applied in some of our day to day things. Because you know what? He is a teacher's teacher. And he'll just go scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. But I am very, very practical about how do you put that stuff to use? You know, when do you actually get to see it work? How does it work? How do you get up tomorrow morning and actually see how to be led by the spirit? You know, how do you know when you're hearing and when you're not hearing? So I titled tonight's message, Faith and Being Led by the Spirit. So we're just going to jump right in. So just take your foot and jump in with me. Yeah, here we go. So uh, we're just going to do it and go for it. So uh, Keith has said something. If you've ever heard him teach, anybody ever heard Keith before? He says this, and if you've ever heard him, you'll recognize it. He says, you can't separate faith from what? Being led by the Spirit. And he has said that a lot. So listen to it again. You cannot separate, write it down, star it, write it in the front of your Bible. It'll be something you'll want to live by the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Because it is a Bible truth that will save you a lot of heartache. It is something that the Lord has taught us. It is something that has spared us a lot of shipwrecks. Do you know what I mean by that? And you'll understand it in some of the illustrations I'm going to share with you tonight, okay? Okay. But write it down and uh, mark it and always go back to it when you're really trying to stand and believe God for something. You cannot separate faith from being led by the Spirit. Okay? I remember... So I'm going to start on some stories, then I'm going to give you some scriptures. That work, y'all have had enough scripture after scripture after, y'all could probably quote me scriptures. I remember, I guess it was last Friday night, I was sitting there and Keith's telling all these scriptures and all these stories, and I was just in my heart, I was thanking God for stories that Brother Hagen had told us about himself, about how he learned how to be led about some things, and things that he did for us in telling us. I don't know some of the stories, if he always told personally or not, but I know he told them to us dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And he told us the story about how they got the Rama campus. And he told us about when they started getting ready to move to Tulsa, Broken Arrow, and things, that they went up there and, you know, they kind of drove around the campus And there was these guys that told them, they just showed up, 
and told them, I think it was three businessmen. Somebody may know the story. I know Brother Abner's sitting back there. He's probably heard it as many times as I've heard it. That three businessmen told them that they wanted to use the word, underwrite them, and pay for everything, pay for their move, pay for everything for them to get started there. And Brother Hagin said he began to pray about it. But he had a check in his heart. And he didn't do it. He never did it. Well, you know, when we decided, or the Lord directed us, let me rephrase that properly, the Lord directed us to go to Branson, I kid you not, it was almost like a billboard sign of the same exact thing happened to us. We got there, and here we are. We hadn't been there any period of time. And here some people come, and we don't have, you got two nickels in your pocket? Not right now. We didn't have them either that day. We didn't hardly have two nickels to rub together to buy a building with. But all of a sudden, somebody comes and says, we want to underwrite your building and help you pay for it, and it's not going to cost you anything and pay for the building for you to have this church in. And it reminded me so much and Keith so much of the scenario that Brother Hagin had taught us years before. And that being led stuff just popped up in our heart. Now, why did he tell us that story? It was the first thing that came to our mind. Why, time after time after time after time, he'd sit us down and he'd repeat that story over and over to just Keith and I. And we think, okay, Lord, we got it. <laughs> but he'd tell it to us over and over and over again. Well, he'd go in and he'd say something like this. He'd say, because you know what? When somebody does things like that, they almost like own you. They begin to want to tell you what to do and how to run your ministry. And you know what? All those thoughts kept coming to our mind then. And these people said, no, 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 no. All we want to do is just pay for churches. We just want to do this. Well, you know what? The Lord helped us and spared us during that time. And we didn't do that. And we had a, a project, you know, and, and the people were able to help get involved and, and it was their church then. And I looked back Friday night and I sat there and I thought, you know what? All those churches that they did that for, that I know about, now I don't know everything. I'm pretty smart. It's the blonde. <laughs> but I don't know of one pastor that is still in the original church that they helped pay for. Now, they did do it for some people, but I don't know of one pastor that is still in the original church that these people helped pay for. And I thought, Lord, why? Because they wanted to run it their way. Do you understand that? Now, why would God tell us these things through Brother Hagin decades before that? So that when something would arise 
there would be a check in our heart. And it would be similar to our spirit. And we would begin to recognize it. So when Keith is up here, and Brother Hagin would do the same thing in sermons, and some, how many of you have ever heard him tell that story? Lots of you. He told it lots of times. So when similar situations would come in your life, there would be that familiar feeling to you. And you'd know, okay, okay, something's here. Something's here. I need to stop. I need to slow down. I need to check this just a little bit and not just go full steam ahead. And when you'll do that, what will it do for you? It'll save you a lot of trouble and a lot of heartache in the end. Well, Brother Hagen didn't go with those three businessmen. And Rhema is still a force to be reckoned with today. Well, we didn't go with those businessmen, and we're still going to be a force to be reckoned with years to come. And that's what can be for you. And I believe that things that come out, God is not just telling you things that come out in services and things like this. They're for you so that when situations arrive in your life, they will be there for you. And you'll say, you know what? Brother Keith told us about that. He told us about a scenario in their life. And that happened. And he said, "Mm, check your heart. Check your heart about that. Right? And you'll begin to check, and it'll be there for you. And you'll know. And you'll go, whoa, 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 slow down. Just slow down just a little bit, and let's check this. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts 10, verse 19 in the NIV. It said, while Peter was still thinking about the vision. Well, the vision he was thinking about was where all the food came down and the Lord told him he could eat anything and nothing was unclean. He could eat anything that, you know, he clean was clean. So you, you all know that, right? Okay. And read that next part with me. And the Spirit said to him. Verse 19, it says, And the Spirit said to him. Say that with me. And the Spirit said to him. Now let's say that one more time. And the Spirit said Now is that important? Yes. Is that those three words that seem to be like this, they look just like the rest of the verse. Are those words important in that part? Yes. Why would they be important? Somebody already said it. But that is the only thing that can give you faith. Because the Spirit told him. Read the rest of it. The Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs and don't hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. And Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? Now, back to the stories I was telling you about Brother Hagen and us. Brother Hagen used to say this all the time. And it all kind of goes together. And people have twisted this so many which ways to Sunday. And it used to frustrate Brother Hagen so bad. He'd say, why do they twist that? Why don't they hear what I'm saying? He'd walk back to the room and he'd say it. I didn't say that, he'd say. 
That's not what I said. I go, and if you want to write it down so you get it right in the future, as much by what the Lord doesn't say as by what he does say. I go as much by what the Lord doesn't say as by what he does say. Now, let me explain that to you and you'll understand it. The people that came to him and said they wanted to underwrite Ramah. The people that came to us and said they wanted to underwrite our church. We prayed. He prayed. Sounded great. Do you know when you're broke? He was broke. We were broke. We didn't have the money to start a church. He didn't have the money to start a school or a ministry. That sounds really, really, really enticing. But I go as much by what the Lord does not say. Say that with me. Does not say. Does not say. Ask about what he does say. In other words, he did not tell Brother Hagen to receive that money from those people. You got it? He did not tell us to receive that money from those people. So as far as we were concerned, it was not an issue. There was never a controversy in our minds. There was never a controversy in our hearts. We were never torn back and forth. I know people pulled on us and tugged on us. We'd have people. I had a lady come to me after the service one day. I spoke. And she said, what is wrong with you? Don't you know that people want to just give you the money to pay off your church? Are you just crazy? I mean, I had just spoke. I said, they're not our source. What you have to understand is if God did not tell you to take that money from them, then you are opening yourself up for what? All kind of problems. All kind of heartache. All kind of issues. And that's what happened here. The Spirit said to him, go. And that's the only time that you know that you should do something. It can't be that just because you want that money, you go get that loan. Y'all are quiet. Okay, say say this with me. It can't just be just because you want that money, you go get that loan. Or that new car. Or that new house. I remember on a house. I wanted this house. I'm telling you, I wanted it as much as I wanted anything. It was in the part of town I wanted. It would make me be able to go like this. (laughs) And I was making enough money to pay for it. Wasn't my issue. We went in. We drove 
from Tulsa back to Mississippi, which was like an eight and a half hour, nine hour trip. And all the way there, Keith says, Bill, something's not sitting right in here. I'm like, mm -mm, no, I want that house. It's perfect. I want that house. It's perfect. It's in the right part of town. And on the way back, he says, what do you think? I said, you're right. You're right. According to appearances, it seemed like there was absolutely no reason why we shouldn't get that house. We had the money to buy it. All would have been well. It was at a better location for us. It just seemed like everything was right. Do you know it wasn't six months till I quit the job that I had had for 12 years making all this money? But God knew that. He knew that we were going to be separating the things that happened six months. We were going to be on the road. We were going to be doing traveling more with the Hagans. Everything was going to change for us. Our salaries were going to change. We were going to be doing lots of stuff for free. How do you make a house payment when you're doing stuff for free? It's quite different, isn't it? But God didn't say, get that house. But when your flesh is screaming so loud, you can't separate faith from being led by the Spirit. It doesn't matter how bad you want it. It doesn't matter how bad your flesh is screaming. If something on the inside of you, if you don't get that go-ahead, if the Spirit doesn't say, it's okay, go ahead, then you know what? That's when people blame it on the economy. They blame it on the devil. They blame it on their boss not giving them a raise. They blame it on lots of things. But what they should blame it on is, I missed it. I got to have it now, Itis. That's what it is. And we, if we'll be led, will not get ourselves in messes like that. Because the Lord knows these things. Okay, let's keep going. Acts 27 9 in the King James. Now, when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive. Say that with me. Sirs, I perceive. Now, what's Paul doing? He's checking in his heart. And the Holy Spirit is warning him and telling him, something's coming up. He's checking on the inside. Say, checking on the inside. Check it up. He said, I perceive that this voyage will be with much hurt and much damage, not only to the lading of the ship, but also to our lives. Nevertheless, 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 the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than the things that were spoken of Paul. Do you know how many times... In marriages, this kind of thing's happened. We had some friends. 
And we may have told you about it. That tsunami that was in, where was it at? Sri Lanka. Yeah, that tsunami. Some of our best friends, they live overseas. Right now they're living in Australia, but they were living someplace else at the time. Well, they were going there for vacation. They were packed, ready to go, catch their flight and stuff. Well, the husband woke up that morning, and he said, you know what? I just got something in here that we shouldn't go. It just seems like we shouldn't go. And boy, the wife and the kids really didn't care for it too much. It was their vacation. They had had it planned. Everything was set. They're not going now. Guess what happened to them? Guess what happened to them? Nothing. That's what happened to them. Nothing happened to them. But guess what happened to all the other people that went there? I remember one time, it was Easter weekend, and Keith and I were supposed to be going out of town. We were all packed up. It was uh, Friday afternoon. We were driving back to Mississippi, which was our home from Tulsa, and uh, we were all going to go back in for that weekend and, and everything, and Keith came in, and he said, you know what? We need to pray. So we prayed. He said, something's not right. Sure enough. You know what happened? Nothing. Nothing. We're still here to tell you about it. But something actually did happen in that town. There was a, it was the weirdest thing. There was a flood in the town to where the hills there that were like 30 foot tall, doctor's offices there, flooded. Our office flooded. Everybody's office flooded that weekend. It was the weirdest thing. It was the Easter flood of Tulsa. Anybody remember that? Some people remember it. It was the Easter flood of Tulsa. It was weird. Anyway, but that did happen. There, there's been a lot of things. Keith told you about. When you perceive something in your heart, what are you supposed to do about it? What if, okay, now here's the big question. What if you're married? Okay, here's Matt and Jess right here. What if Matt gets something and Jess doesn't? What if Rob gets something and Carrie doesn't? What if Kim gets something and Dave doesn't? Listen to how quiet you are. <laughs> what do you do? That's when it's time to talk to the Lord about it. And that's when it's time for whoever is the head to be humble enough and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's pray about this. And check their heart again. Maybe I missed it. Maybe you missed it. But let's ask God again. And let's see if you're right or I'm right. And let's find out. And if you keep coming back to it, somebody's got to give. But you need to ask the Lord about it again. And find out who's right and who's wrong. You know, even with the buildings and stuff, we've told you about these things. You're, you talk about, I perceive. And I know this gets confusing to people. You know, we talked about when we were doing these buildings. I was walking out on the beach one day, and the Lord said, call that banker now. So we did. We went, and we called the banker then, and... Uh, he directed me to another place that we should do some business with. And it was just a miracle the way that things happen. But this afternoon when I was getting ready, I thought, Lord, 
the biggest thing with people is what Keith was talking about last week. People convince themselves that they can't hear if that's God or not. You know, and they convince themselves, how do you know, am I perceiving this is God or this is not God? And he said, remind them the first time you hear, you heard from me. I said, okay. 1981. 1981, Keith graduated on, I think it was, I think Raymond's graduation is on a Sunday afternoon. Is that right? Somebody help me here. Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. Okay, so we left the next day. We left the next day and started a meeting. We didn't wait for anybody. We had scheduled a meeting on our own in Indiana, of all places. Didn't know anybody. But we scheduled a three-day meeting there. And uh, somebody had offered us to to, um, stay in their home there, somebody that was in school at the time. And and, uh, so we stayed because the house was going to be vacant. They were going to be out of town. And and so we did. We we rented a, a hotel ballroom, and uh, the place was packed. We must have had, I don't know how many people. For us, nobody knowing who we were, 200 people was a lot of people. Mm-hmm. was a lot of people. Nobody knew who Keith Moore was then. I didn't know who Keith Moore was then. <laughs> nobody knew who he was. You have to understand. And so we went to this hotel ballroom, and people showed up. You know, and um, we didn't have ushers. We didn't have anything. This is a funny story. <laughs> Somebody that we had a healing service the night before, and this young lady had gotten healed the night before, and she wanted to tell Keith so bad she'd gotten healed, and so she comes running up from the back, and we didn't have any music or anything like that. Keith was the music. He was the preacher. He was the, you know, he did it all. And so he had brought his guitar, and he was playing, and he was singing. And this this young lady, she was just so happy that she got healed. She was just so excited about it. He's just up there strumming his guitar and just playing and everything and singing in front of everybody, you know. And, and she just comes and bear hugs him around the guitar and everything, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the ushers to do something about it, you know. There ain't no ushers, you know. So, uh, But you learn a lot over the years, you know. And... Um, She's just kissing him and telling him how much she loves him. And, and it was the cutest thing, you know. And I went, get out of her. No, I didn't. I didn't. No. I just actually told her, sweetheart, yeah, that's great, but now's not the time. So we were in this place, and every day we're having these meetings, you know. And I had never even really, you know, I didn't go to Rama yet. Keith graduated from Raymond. You have to understand where I am. Okay? You're listening to me, right? Keith graduated Raymond. I am working a secular job managing a doctor's office. Are you hearing me, right? I just go to church on Sundays, and sometimes I get mad because I have to do that because I'm tired and I want to sleep in. Huh? Okay, because I worked long hours at that time. I don't do that now. And um, what are you laughing about? (laughs) So anyway, we're in this meeting. And I don't know anything about word of knowledge. I don't know anything about the gifts of the Spirit. I've never been to, I was raised Catholic. Now, how many Catholics do we have in here? 
Like my mom said, you're born a Catholic, you will die a Catholic. Okay. Raise your hand for just a minute. How many of you that were raised or reared, get my English proper, when you were young and, and being a Catholic, knew anything about word of knowledge? Keep your hand up. No. No, 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 no. You didn't know what that was. And if you did, you thought it was the devil. <laughs> and get away from me, quickly. So, here we are in this meeting. And I'm talking about how to learn to hear from God. You want to know how to do that, right? Yes. Okay. So, here we are in this meeting. And Keith's in the other room, and he's getting quiet, and he's preparing for the services. But it's just our first meeting on the road. And I'm just doing stuff, and I'm listening to music, and I'm just, a, you know, going to get lunch, and I'm just a doing the dishes, and I'm just a doing, doing. I ain't thinking about the meeting. It ain't my job. It's his job. I was a little bit rebellious. <laughs> and um, the Lord says, there's a lady there tonight. I want to heal of a headache. I said, hmm. I just kept going about my music, kept going about the ironing, getting his suit ready. Ignored it. And it got louder. And it got louder, and I'd get in the shower, and it got louder. That was the first day, and I ignored it. Then the second day comes around. First thing when I wake up in the morning, the Lord says, there's a lady in these services that would really, really like for you to pray for. I want to heal a headache, bad headaches. I'm like, good. I don't care. Hey, that's not my job. It's Keith's job. You understand that, right? I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister. That's Keith's job. I'll tell Keith. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. And the Lord got louder and louder and louder. So I'd try to eat my lunch, and Keith would pray, and the Lord said, There's a lady here tonight, and it got louder and louder in my heart. This went on for four days. Four days. When you're a baby, you don't have to wonder if you can hear from God. How many of you have had a baby before? If your baby didn't hear you the first time, what do you do? You tell them again. And if they don't hear you the second time, what do you do? And if they don't hear you the third time, and they don't hear you the fourth time, and they don't hear you the fifth time, they're a baby. You keep telling them. And God knew I was a baby. And he knew. He knew. And so finally, the last day, I told Keith, I said, Keith, I don't know what this means. I didn't know what a word of knowledge was. I said, God keeps telling me somebody's in the, the service that he wants to heal of a headache. He said, what? <laughs> I said, it's just weird because a headache, you know, a headache. Of all things, a headache. <laughs> you know, why couldn't it be something that everybody has a headache, God? <laughs> I mean, everybody in the room could raise their hand. But no, a headache. And he said, Phil, this is what you need to do. 
I said, no, I don't. You need to do it. <laughs> you are the preacher. I'm going to just keep my seat. You need to, he said, God didn't tell me. He said, you need to get up there and you need to tell exactly the way that the Lord told you. So I did. I got up there and I said, God said somebody in here has a headache and he wants to heal you. And I probably said it just that quiet. And about that time, this lady raised her hand. She said, glory to God. I wondered when you was going to call on me. <laughs> she was the mayor's wife and had had severe migraine headaches and been to every doctor and she was healed that night. Now, I'm telling you that because you can hear from God. And if he wants you to hear something, he will tell you over and over and over. And don't let the devil get in your mind and say you can't hear from him. Because if God wants you to get it, he loves you enough to keep saying it over and over and over and over. And even if you're blind or whatever, he'll, he'll just keep repeating it till you get it. That's how he is. He loves us more than we love us. And he wants good for us more than we want good for us. And he's not trying to keep anything from us. He's trying to get it to us. And so don't sit there and wonder, am I hearing from God or am I not? If you're hearing from God, just go on about your business and listen to your music and do your ironing and do whatever you're doing. And don't fret over it. The fretting stuff is what gets you in trouble. Because that's when the devil gets in and you start trying to decipher everything and wiggle everything and make everything work when it's not even God. If you just go on about your business, in the most unexpected times, God's going to go... Headache, headache. (laughs) When you get it off your mind and you just relax and let him do it. So when you perceive something, just do it. It's not hard. When he puts it in your heart, you just do it. It's not complicated. Okay? Everybody says, when God shows me something, I'll do it. Devil. You can't stop it. If he's got to tell me a hundred times, I'll get it. Because he'll tell me a hundred times if he needs to. That's just how easy it is. Whether it's word of knowledge or whether it's wisdom about your kids or whether it's business or whether whatever it is, if you need to know it, he's not trying to keep it from you. He's trying to get it to you. Can you say amen? All right, let's keep going here. And let's see here. Hebrews 11, 7, real quickly, we'll tell you this one. I think you know it. You don't even have to turn there. Let me just tell you a couple of these and you can save your time turning there. You remember the story of Noah, right? Not complicated. It says, Hebrews eleven seven, Noah being warned of God. So God told him to build an ark, right? So when everybody came making fun of him and told him how off of his rocker he was, What leg did he have to stand on? He'd heard from God. 
So when everybody told him the fruitcake he was, what did he have to stand on? He'd heard from God. He didn't, he went as much by what the Lord didn't say as by what? He did say. Didn't matter if it was going to rain or not. He didn't move until he heard from God. So if the Lord tells you to do something crazy, okay, it may be something nobody's ever heard of in your life. That's okay. It's just perfectly okay. You may look like a weirdo. I've looked like a weirdo lots of times. That's okay. Just make sure that you... And then they'll be the one in the end that looks like the... Ah. You got that one. All right. And then this next one. Hebrews 13.8 says, When Abraham was called to go out, Now, I want to mix this one just a little bit with the next one. When Abraham was called to go out to a place where he didn't know. Now, we all the time, and I'm going to say it real boldly, we all the time, we all the time, and at Ramah, all the time, got people that said, God told us. God told us to come. Now, there's a very good way to know. It's not complicated. It's not confusing. It's not gray. It's not red. It's not yellow. It's not questionable. There's a very good way to know if God told you to come or not. Would you like to settle it once and for all? Would you like to know? All right, turn with me then to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And when Jesus was led up of... Can I wait? Everybody say that together. When Jesus was led up of... The Spirit led Jesus... So if the Spirit led Jesus, what should we know? If the Spirit led you to do something, what should you know? If the Spirit led you to do something, what should you know? You're going to be taken care of. That's the very first thing you should know. If the Lord or the Spirit leads you to do something, you are going to be taken care of. That's the very first and foremost thing you should know of. You will be sustained either by ravens or by a little dog carrying a paper sack. But God will sustain you if He told you to do something. Everybody knows the story of Jesus. The second verse says, when he had fasted 40 days and nights. Now, when you fast 40 days and nights, you need supernatural strength to do that. The only way you can do things like that is with the Lord's help. The Lord sustains you to do things he tells you to do. If he didn't tell you to do it, 
you're going to die in the wilderness. Did Jesus die in the wilderness? Well, what happens is people get an idea in their mind that they want to do something. And the idea is great. But it's their idea. And they don't really seek God about it long enough to find out the time, the place, the when, the how. And so they get out. And they get out in the middle of the Red Sea and they drowned. And so then what happens is they don't trust God ever again. And God comes off looking like the bad guy. When God's never the bad guy. God is always the one that will supply for you. He'll take care of you. But how do you separate faith from what? You can never separate faith from being led by the Spirit. People constantly say, I'm going to do what Abraham did. I'm going to step out by faith and just go. And you're going to step out by faith and be calling and say, will you pay my rent? Or you're going to step out by faith and be on the side of the street somewhere. Because stepping out without the leading of the Holy Spirit is there's no foundation underneath there. It's just like people say all the time, I'm going to believe for this. And I look at them and I say, how are you going to believe for that? I'm going to believe for them to do this. Well, how are you going to believe for that? What scripture are you going to stand on? You cannot just think up something in your head. You're going to believe for her to kiss you. How are you going to do that? Well, God gives me the desires of my heart. Well, yes, he does. But did he put that in your heart to believe for that? Did he tell you to believe for that? Or did you just pick something up out of the air and say, I'm going to believe for this? Do you understand that? There's a big difference between you just saying, I'm going to believe for a new car. And God dealt with me to believe for this. There's a big difference between the two. It's like if we would have gone ahead and bought that house that I said Keith said he didn't have a witness about. Well, that house, in actuality, was probably less money than the house that we wound up getting. And the house that we wound up getting, we still didn't have a job. We were still doing everything for free. The house we wound up getting was spectacular. Had a tennis court and a swimming pool. It was beautiful. But God told us to get that house. So the difference between the two is... God said, get this one, and he didn't say, get this one. So we had the faith to believe for the money to pay for this one where we didn't have the faith to believe for the money to pay for this one. Even though this one was less money. 
And people are all the time basing things on money and they're basing things on deals. And But you can't have faith to believe for something unless God said, this is the one. And if you go into a, a store or a dealership or, or a, you know, even a mate or anything, you know, people are all the time saying, I'm going to marry this person. Well, did God tell you that was the one? And people say, well, God doesn't just talk to people that way. Well, maybe it's not an audible voice, but you can perceive and you can know on the inside of you. And you, that thing Brother Hagin said about, I go just as much by what the Lord doesn't say as by what he does say. And Keith and I live by that on a daily basis. If the Lord doesn't say Okay, take this for instance. You all the time are hearing Keith up here saying, we don't have this program or we don't have that program or we don't do this or we don't do that. Why don't we do those things? God hadn't said do them. So therefore, we don't have a lot of the problems that maybe somebody else has had because maybe we have lost some people because of it. Yes, maybe we have. But... I'd rather answer to the Lord and say, I didn't reach everybody in the world, but I'd rather look him in the eye and say, I, I, I think I did what I know in my heart you said for us to do. Do you understand that? Yes. And it has to be the same for you every day when you walk up. You can't. Okay, so let me make this as plain as I can. Your job. Okay, maybe this job. Maybe Craig could get a job to where he could make... $500,000 a year. But maybe it's in Boston. But God said, Craig, I want you at Faith Life Church in Sarasota. And the only job at Faith Life Church in Sarasota that he can get, he can only make $100,000 a year or $50,000 a year or $25,000 a year. What should he do? God told him to be here. I've seen God bless people beyond what their job would bless them. But on the flip side, what if Craig says, I want to be in Florida at Faith Life Church. And God says, Craig, I want you in Boston with all that weather. You have to pack up and go. And B says, "Uh uh-uh, I didn't hear that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what our flesh wants because what happens in the long run, God is so amazing. And he's so wonderful that our flesh is so dumb. It's absolutely so dumb because it'll paint the, the most ugliest picture of how it's going to be if we do what God tells us to do. When God says, do this, he goes, okay, yeah, yeah. God told you to leave this and go and do this. I remember when he told us to move here to Florida or to move to Branson. He painted Keith the ugliest picture about losing everything. He's like, you're going to lose your hanger. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose the, I mean, just everything, everything. And he said, finally, the Lord told him, don't you think I can do better than what you have now? That's the way God is. 
But the devil immediately, he is a visionary. And he's going to paint you a picture of how bad it's going to be immediately. But faith and hearing from God and being spirit-led is immediately the best thing you can do. When the leading on the inside of you says do something, you don't argue with it. You immediately step out with it. And you do what God tells you to do. Let's look at another verse. And we're going to be closing. The thing that sustained Jesus was what? Forty days and forty nights with nothing was hearing from God. If you go someplace and you're not sustained, you might want to check up. Did I really hear from God? Or was it just something that my flesh really wanted? Check up on it. Okay. I thought this one was really good. Joshua 6.2. And I couldn't help but think about myself on this. Every time we come to church, Keith says something like, Phil, just do whatever you want to do. Have a Jericho march, do whatever. <laughs> Laugh, shout, dance. You know, and I reread this about a Jericho march, you know, and I realized I ain't never having no Jericho march. <laughs> You'll understand why in just a minute. You'll understand why. I don't think you understand about this just yet. Okay, verse 2. Who said to Joshua? The Lord said to Joshua, I have given unto your hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city and all the men of war and go around the city once. Thus shalt thou do it. How many days? Most people can't do anything an hour, much less six days. And the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when you make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now that's the part that everybody knows, right? Okay, great. Let's get to the next part. Let's look at verse 10. Now you'll see why I want to do it. Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. You see why that would be quite difficult for me? (laughs) Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. Until the day I bid you to shout, then you can shout. So let's rehearse this in our mind. The Lord dealt with them. Now we're we're talking about faith and being led by the Spirit. Now keep this in your mind as we're talking about this. The Lord told them to do this. He said, you're going to walk around this wall and you're not going to say a word. Not one word. You're going to march around this wall. Now, we've already lost 99.9% of our people today. Because most people today 
have to have an opinion. <laughs> I remember, Dave can correct me, but I remember when we were trying to put the chairs in the other building. Do you remember that, Rob? We had taken the chairs out of the other church. Do you re recall that? And Dave said, do you remember it, Dan? We were trying to put the chairs back. And Dave said, just do it this way. He said, he finally just threw his hands up. He said, we have got so many chiefs and no Indians, nobody will do anything. Because everybody wants to run everything. All they had to do, listen to what they had to do. It's just like this. We took them out in rows. All they had to do was like eight guys get on a row, carry them in evenly, and set them down. That is it. How complicated is that? Not too complicated, right? But every one of them had a different idea of how to do that. If we come in from this way, if we turn this way, if we do it this way, if we start this way, if we lift them up this high, if we lift them up this low, every one of them had a different idea. Do you know what cost us today is that we don't trust the person that's being led. Joshua had direction from the Lord about what was supposed to happen. And he said, we're going to go around this wall and no one is going to say a word every day. I told you I'd have already fell out because I'd have had to say something. I'd have had to say, speed up, speed up, we're going too slow. That's where Keith got, in case you're wondering, that's where MTF came from, me. He got that 30 years ago, MTF. But... We can't do this and be led. In our lives, people are going to change things from what the Lord said. This direction was very specific. Do it exactly this way. Don't say anything. Go around the wall. Blow the ram's horn. It, it told exactly. It said seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark rent continually. And it said compass the city and return to the camp. And they did this six days. I mean, we have to do what the Lord told us to do to get the results that we're supposed to get in our lives. And what happens so many times is we're so antsy. Don't you know they wanted those walls to fall the first day? Or the second day? And didn't understand why they had to wait seven days? What's the point? What's going to be the difference on the seventh day, God? What, what, what's the difference? The wall is the wall. What's going to happen on the seventh day that's going to make this so different, God? I said do it seven days. That's the difference. That's where the difference comes in. And that's where we mess up. Is we want to change what God said. Just a little here. Just a little here. Just a little here. Every one of us is guilty of it. I think God, I know you said wait till Tuesday. 
but, you know, I think I could get it done today and then I'd have some more time on Tuesday. Or he says, you know, just spend this afternoon waiting on me, Phil. Just, just wait. Just get quiet. And I'm like, and I gotta, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And where's my computer? Where's my, where's my phone? Where's my text, text, text. But God said, do this. And when you hear from him and he tells you to do something, and you do it exactly the way he said do it this time, is he going to trust you with more next time? I know, going back to that word of knowledge, and you've all heard Keith say different things that the Lord has given me over the years. Uh, You know, the times about giving specific amounts and specific things that the Lord has given me over the years. Because that night, I did it exactly the way the Lord gave it to me. And then after that, the next time, I tried to do it exactly the way the Lord gave it to me. And there's been times I've wondered, Lord, what in the world does that mean? And you can try to put your own interpretation on it, but you shouldn't. If you'll just do it exactly the way that the Lord, you perceive it in your heart, or the Lord shows it to you, don't try to fix it for Him. Faith works by being led by the Spirit. Your faith works when you're led by the Spirit. Your faith works when you're led by the Spirit. Your faith works when you're led by your Spirit. Your faith works when you're led by your Spirit. And our Spirit will lead us in each and every situation exactly how and when and why and what we're supposed to do. And if we'll follow that, we won't get ourselves in a mess. There can be walls in our lives, like the walls of Jericho. And sometimes the Lord can say, pray about this. Sometimes he says, pray, pray, pray. Other times he says, praise or shout. And it can look exactly like the same situation. But we have to do what he says do. We can't do it the way our little pea brain thinks. Because he knows the situation. He knows the people's heart. He knows what's going on behind the scenes that you hadn't got a clue about what's going on. He knew I was going to be not working that job in six months. He knows what you're going to be doing tomorrow and the next day and what your kids are going to be doing and what your other people at work's going to be doing. And it pays. Say, it pays pays. to listen listen to the Spirit. Say, my faith faith works works when I listen to the Spirit. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.